What's up, witches, and welcome to Witch Space. I'm Gemini. And I'm Scorpio. And today, we're going to talk about something that I don't know if we should have done this sooner, but... I was going to say, I feel like we probably should have talked about this years ago. Right? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So, witches and cats. It's like peanut butter and jelly. Yeah. So, I guess it's time to talk about it. Let's do it. Okay. So... I did a little Scorpio bit. Scorpio of- takes out her notebook, moves <laughs> it across the screen. I wish you guys could have seen that. It's like a giant ass notebook. I did a little bit of research. So maybe, you know what I'm thinking also? It might be kind of cool to record one of these if people want to see it and we slap it on YouTube just maybe, to see like maybe. our whole process. If people maybe. are interested, let us know. Yeah. yeah. Not um, this one because I look like a hobo. <laughs> and I got a haircut and there is this person on TikTok that I follow who's so super funny and she got a haircut kind of similar. And she's like, you know, people told me this haircut could look a little berries and cream. Like you're like a little, and I was like, I don't know. And then I got and I woke up this morning and I'm like, yesterday I was feeling cute. And today I'm feeling a little bit berries and cream, but I still like berries and cream, berries and cream. Okay. So the cats. So let's go back to, first of all, we know that in some cultures, especially like Egypt, cats were worshiped. So we have that. Then you go to the middle ages and cats help to protect the grain stores from the rats. Therefore, cats were incredibly valuable, right? It was like, you really wanted to have a cat with you. Monasteries, Mm -hmm. they also used to have cats for that same reason, right? The rats would get in everywhere, which like I think about reincarnation. And I think, did we have to live through that? Like the idea of, we need a cat for the rats, like is just, disturbing to me the idea that there's so many and it's just a thing mm-hmm. you know what i mean it's kind of like you okay, know, but you house. grew up in new york city yeah i didn't have okay. rats in my the house subways are, no but they're oh. everywhere you walk down the street you could see a rat or True. five yeah oh yeah girl no i don't think you had rats in your house i know you had a clean house <laughs> no but it's like <laughs> but i mean did i see rats yeah i saw rats everywhere but they're talking about like in your house like i remember i did a tour in Salem and I forgot whose house. Cause you know, there are all these mm. different historic houses. I want to say it was the Corwin house, but I could be wrong. And Oh, wait a minute. Was it there? Or was it in new Paul's? Anyway, I did. I love going to these historic homes and doing tours and they mm-hmm. were talking about how they would have the candles like locked up and high because the rats would come in and eat the, ca- and I'm just like, what? Like, how is that like just commonplace? Like, well, but- you know, Okay, so the first thing we have to accept, though, is like they were storing significantly more food than any of us are storing these days. Like you you had grain for the whole winter, right? Of course, rats are coming. If I had that much food in my house, I'd have rats. There's just no way about I'd probably it would be bugs, honestly, in this area. It would be bugs more than anything, but we'd have them, right? It's just so much food. And then if you're making your candles out of like tallow, yeah, right, or whale blubber, that is a really like really calorically dense nutritious food like if it's the middle of a winter and i'm a rat that's mine that shit's mine i'm eating that because if i eat that my family line of rats is surviving so like you better put that high up because i'm coming for it (laughs) okay and this is why we have to record it because the look on your face like the glee that you took to say that's mine like i'm taking that bitches because and you know what the problem is i i want to dive right into this too i love rats Right. Like I have the rat king, which is like my ride or die tarot deck. Like the rat was like, you know, a billion years ago when I was like working with animal spirits, like that was the thing that I did. 
I worked with very closely and to be like, yeah, we had these cats. Cause like the rats were a problem. Like, were they a problem? Were they really? <laughs> and I know they were, I know they were, but like, I feel bad for the rats. Oh my God. Anyway, <laughs> if we go from there, then we get to the middle of the 14th century and black cats started to become associated with the devil. So now we're going from cats to now let's isolate the black cats. And here's the thing. Black cats, I think, were probably scarier to people because they were super stealthy. If you're a mouse and it's dark, guess mm -hmm. what? You're not going to see me coming if I'm a black cat. Right? So you're the, I you're think a black cat and I'm the rat. That's there you go. Because <laughs> if people had seen your face to say, you're not going to see me coming. Girls can touch okay. you. <laughs> that's that's the Scorpio. I mean, it's like, you're not going to see me when I attack. Like, you don't see it coming. Um, mm -hmm. Anyway, but of course, that was a big mistake when they started, you know, coming for the cats because mm -hmm. the plague and we know the plague was brought by rats and we needed the cats to kill the rats. So, you know, OK, so that's a problem. Then I have this all like written out. So. Um, oh, and the Celts believed the cats were humans who had been bad and forced to come back as cats. That actually fully tracks. That tracks. I don't think it's a bad thing to come back as a cat. So you, so when we were planning this podcast, Scorpio was like, yeah, I like researched all this history. And I was like, oh shit. Okay. Ooh, what am I going to talk about then? Um, and I'm going to talk about Puss in Boots later, but um, in the context of like the the symbology of cats like what does it mean in our literature what does it mean in our collective conscious cats are like not a well-loved creature and e even people nowadays like you talk about people who don't have cats the way they talk about cats it's like oh they're evil they're terrible they'll scratch you they're not nice and like people who talk about cats don't are not like oh but they're so sweet they're like no you just have to be nice to them it's like, yeah, I know they're terrible, but I have figured out the plan. So in our sort of the way we describe cats, nobody's out there like cats are the nicest, most sweetest, gentlest creatures in the world. Yeah, of course. People are going to be like, mm, that's bad people. Those are bad people. They didn't you know, come back as good people. <laughs> you know, the problem there are people because. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> take a cat and Always. take a dog. Well, yeah. Take a cat or take a dog. A dog is like, hey, you're home. Hey, let's go out. Hey, what do you want? Hey, you want me to fetch that? And cats are like, what? Okay, you're home. And what do you want me to do about it? And I don't think humans want that living in their house. Like if they're going to have somebody who is aloof and who mm -hmm. is independent, then they're just going to have another human in the house. But well, the idea of something that's supposed to be quote unquote lower than you, well, then they should act it. And cats don't act it. And I think that's the problem people have with cats. Well, they have the same problem with teenagers. Cats are just teenagers. Yes. Right? Like every, it, it's, it's, it's like a meme at this point of like the parents who are like, oh, finally come out of your room, huh? Deigning to spend time with us. It's like, yeah, I'm, teenagers are just cats. Teenagers and cats are the same and neither of them get treated particularly nicely. Like I work with teenagers, but I'd still rather have a cat in my house than a teenager in my house. Yeah. Well, my teenagers eat me out of house and home <laughs> yeah they'd be eating everything they would be the ones that i would need a cat for there's a little cat standing guard at the pantry like stop it don't eat that it's gemini's <laughs> <laughs> she says as she takes a bite out of a cookie <laughs> they're really good mr gemini went to montreal 
when he brought Ooh. back like Oreos, but they're like maple Oreos. They're like really, really yummy. So oh I have zero self control. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Was there a lot of snow in Montreal? No. He no. said it was cold, but it wasn't really snowing. Okay. I'm just kind of like, this is crazy. It has not snowed where we are. And I think there's a part of me that's like, oh, did he go where there's snow? Like, did he see snow? You know what I mean? Oh, and see, I'm on the other end. I'm like, the other shoe is going to drop and it's going to be 18 fucking inches. And I need like, like, I'm like low key hoarding. I'm going to get rats. I need a cat. That's what I need to do next. Cause I'm like, just making sure that I have like, okay, well, we need two bags of Oreos and like, let's get extra chickpeas and let's do this because when the other shoe drops and we get all the snow we should have gotten this year, I'm not leaving the house, not doing it. I don't know why I have a feeling we're not getting it. I feel like we're going to go right into spring, but I know we can get a blizzard. I know we've gotten blizzards in the spring. We've gotten blizzards in April. So yeah, it's not like it can't happen, but I don't know. Anyway, back to cats. (laughs) Although I'm very jealous about the maple Oreos. Okay. So, oh, I went into the 14th century. I skipped the 13th century. Sorry about that. Let's go back a little bit. Let's go back a little bit. Okay. So in the 13th century, there was an official church document called Vox in Rama. And I'm probably saying that all wrong, but Vox in Rama issued by Pope Gregory, the something. I can't read my handwriting. He's one of the Pope Gregory's (laughs) of the 13th century. Anyway, he declared black cats the incarnation of Satan. It's And the worst part is like, it's just the color black. Yes. You know what I mean? Like it's, there's nothing different about black cats from a tortoiseshell or an orange tabby or a, what do they call it? Angora is what Siamese is now. Cause we're trying to be less racist, but like they're all, the, they're, they all do the same thing. Maybe, maybe listen, if you wanted to be like Maine Coons are the incarnation of the devil because they're like 25 pounds. Like that's a small human. I get it. But like black cats are just the same as other cats. You just looked at that and went, I don't like that color. Evil. Well, yeah, but it's in our literature. We're going to do a deep dive. We could do that one day on how we use color in literature to like give these subliminal and sometimes overt messages that anything that's dark is evil. Right. Anything that's Actually, white is pure. Right. We so. probably should have a conversation about that because there is still in the witchcraft community, this idea of like white witches and like dark mm-hmm. witches do hexing. Like we should have that conversation, I think. And if you guys are interested in that conversation, shoot us a message. Cause I do think that like, it's important to have at some point. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So then, and then of course associated with the devil. Okay. All this stuff. Um, we get to 1566 and it's the first widely documented witchcraft trial and it's of elizabeth francis elizabeth francis agnes waterhouse and her daughter joan so elizabeth's grandmother gave her a cat the cat's name was Satan, like nathan Satan. that was yeah. probably not that was a bad play yes then liz carried the cat in a basket and fed it milk and bread and supposedly her own blood Okay, that is gross. I'm going to assume that is propaganda for the witch trial because I get like, you know, a girl carrying around a cat like a baby, but feeding it your own blood. But I mean, but again, the accusers said this, like, did this even happen? Okay, so supposedly Satan was responsible, quote unquote, responsible 
for killing Andrew Biles, who knocked up Liz and wouldn't marry her. Oh, well, good. So, <laughs> <laughs> Correct answer, Satan. Well, yeah. In 1566, you have to marry whoever you knock up. because, right. Like, that's yeah. the rules. Yeah, because if not, these people are going to die because what are they going to do in 1566? Absolutely. It's giving Salem energy. It's giving Salem the cat from Sabrina. Like, I feel like that's one of the things that he did, quote unquote, to get turned into a cat. Right. Okay. Well, it keeps going because 15 years oh, later, good. okay, oh, good. Satan goes to Agnes, Liz's sister, and he continues his murder spree by killing geese and cows in the area. 15 years later, that cat's <laughs> dead. That's a different cat. Well, and maybe that's why they thought it was evil because this cat is still going. It's like 20 years old. I know. Just a real rickety, like, like skin and bones, gray fur coming off. It's just like <laughs> trying to murder things. I love it. I love it. Yeah. So unfortunately, Satan was like the scapegoat for all these people and why these people were quote unquote witches because they were doing that. In, then we go up to 1584, and at that point is when we see the idea of cats having nine lives, which, interestingly enough, cats have seven lives in Spain. What were we watching? Um, I think this was a TV show from the 80s, and, you know, um, because I love hearing, like, history, and I love hearing, like, my mm-hmm. husband talk about, like, different things that he, when he grew up, and I'm like, he's like, oh, yeah, this show was supposed to be like it was like groundbreaking or whatever. So, and it was called seven lives. And I'm like, why is it called seven lives? And he goes, Oh, some, which you are. And I was like, I don't get it. He goes, cats have seven lives. And I was like, cats have nine lives. What are you talking about? So we've had this debate in my house forever. Like, what do you mean cats have seven lives? Or why do you mean cats have nine lives? So I don't know who decided in that part of the world that they had seven lives. I'd be curious to know if other parts of the world, they have less or more or what, but anyway, so they decided that in a book called Beware the Cat, where nine was the number of times a witch could take on feline shape. So the cat and the witch become one in this book, right? I can take a cat shape nine times and do mischief or whatever. So that mm-hmm. was what was meant by the nine lives. Um, and it was even believed that witches had a third nipple reserved especially for suckling their evil cat companion. Well, yeah, gross. But, you know, also when you think about um, 1692 and you think about the witchcraft trials in Salem, you know, women were examined to see if they had this extra teat that supposedly they would feed the devil through. And Mm -hmm. I don't know if any men were ever accused of this, but I think it's interesting that once a woman is, you know, quote unquote evil, she has to feed. Now, if you're the devil, aren't you strong? In fact, in one of the cases of Bridget Bishop, there was somebody who, wait, I'm trying to think. Was it Bridget Bishop? Yes, Bridget Bishop. And one of the people that accused her was, I want to say Abigail Hobbs, but I don't know if I'm wrong now with the name, but this person accused her. I love that you know all of these names at all. Okay. (laughs) I don't know. I want to say that's it. Or Abigail Wells or Abigail Hobbs. I don't know why I'm looking around. Oh, this is because you teach the crucible. Never mind. Yeah. No shit because you have to. I was like so impressed by you for a minute. eh. A a scam, a fraud. (laughs) What can I tell you? So anyway, this one woman, she supposedly worked with the devil. And then she Mm -hmm. was like, I don't want to be a witch anymore. And then Bridget Bishop was like, come back, come back, come back. 
So they would ask her, what did you do? And she would go around, Abigail would go around pinching people. Okay. Mm-hmm. And she said that they asked her, oh, so you sent your spirit out to pinch people. And she said, no, I gave the devil permission to go as himself and pinch people. And I found that interesting because to me, that's tied with the whole witch's teeth. Why is the, so the witch gets corrupted by the devil, but then the witch has more power than the devil. Okay. Because if I'm feeding you, I have power over you. So we talked about spirits in consorting with spirits and it's giving very like a bridge between the planes kind of energy. Mm, Like, like, yes, like he's strong. Yeah. But he's also not here. Right. And so they're like his bridge to be able to then go do shit. But I kind of feel like he is, he is who he is. He should be stronger than. I like, yes, he's not also probably going to have to do an episode on the Christian Satan. Okay, so are we writing? Probably. (laughs) No, am I writing this down? I'll write it down when I edit the podcast. Are you going to write it down? Okay, so you write that down. So we're going to have to do a whole episode. I think it'd be fun to do a whole episode on the devil. Why not? I feel like at this point, we've we've brought him up so many times. Because he comes up. Maybe we should like know, you know? And here's the other thing. Now that we're on this. Mm -hmm. Why is the devil male? First of all, why does he have any gender? But if he has a gender, why is he male? Okay, time out. You're, you're surprised by this? You're surprised that a man is pressuring women to do evil things and that he is the reason that women are... Because women are inherently evil? Well, that's the thing. Women are inherently evil, which is why they listen to the devil. So why isn't the devil just a woman? But also women are inherently pure and good because they are mothers. Yeah, but only the ones that are mothers. I think that there's a gray but area before you become a mother. All women are mothers until they are not mothers. You're assumed mother before you're assumed not mother, which is why everybody gets to like, oh, when are you having kids? Oh, you'll want kids. Don't worry. You'll change your mind. And mothers are pure. So women are always pure unless they are corrupted. Eve was great until she was corrupted by a okay. man. It's all men's fault. Okay, but here's the thing. Then why do these fundamentalist evangelicals have a problem oh, that's a separate issue. with trans men having children? Trans men because should be they, as pure if they go to have children and then they can be a parent. Because fundamentalists have a problem with people who modify their body in any way. Um, no, but, because that is a gift from God. Well, and God has given this trans man the ability to bring life. Yes, but they don't believe that the trans man should transition in any way ah. because then they are. Uh, <laughs> what's? I'm trying to think of like the phrase that they use. Um, I don't remember, but it's like you know when they like when you like don't listen to God. They're like, hey, that's bad. But I'm just saying. Well, I think here's the, the thing: fundamentalists right? only like one type of woman anyway. But there have to be people that are smart that can uh, yeah they leave scorpio they leave <laughs> they don't you think they should being... stay and fix the nonsense no i think everybody should leave and then there <laughs> should be no more nonsense because that because like okay so like not that i'm i don't watch tv anymore but i've been following like um the the duggars shit because i keep getting notifications for it on my phone What's the duggars 
I don't oh know. Oh my that. god, like eighteen kids and counting, nineteen oh, kids and counting. Okay. That show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they're like they're fundamentalists. They're like IBPL or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and a bunch of their kids are like leaving and talking about how toxic it was. But it's like their idea of a woman, right? Was you couldn't wear pants. You had to wear super modest clothes. You could like never cut your hair or some shit. You had to con- you had to just constantly have kids, right? That you could not do anything anything that would prevent you from having kids it's called like gothard or something it's called you're supposed to have a quiverful um so like even a woman who like cuts her hair and wears pants is a problem to fundamentalists somebody who is like oh but i'm not a woman they can't conceptualize that they have literally no foundation to be like oh you like no gender is not a construct gender was given from god what are you talking about oh damn Okay. Yeah, no, it's that's a whole separate yeah. <laughs> problem. <laughs> I guess it's just I don't know. I I don't know where we're going with this, but I feel like we're getting away from cats and we're talking about the whole problem with Christianity. But uh, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I feel like there are people who just want to be good people and aren't mm-hmm. wrapped up in all this craziness that also can can come with Christianity. Because there are Christians that are, you know, LGBTQ and there are Christians that are, you know what I mean? Like there's, there's good Christians. I kind of feel like they need to like fix stuff. Well, let's tangent because I think that what I would like to speak about is related. So I was like looking for notable cats in fiction and literature, in mm. media to talk about, because I was like, well, Scorpio did all the historical research. I don't want to do that. And I realized, first of all, that Antonio Banderas is um, Puss in Boots again. Puss in Boots, The Last Wish just came out and I love that man. So yes. had to talk about it. But also I think Puss in Boots is like a pretty iconic fairy tale in Western literature. Most people have heard of it, if not actually heard the story. Mm-hmm. And it does a really good job of like, encapsulating the symbolism of cats. Um, so I'm just going to give like a really brief rundown. The he's the youngest son of a miller gets a cat as in his, as his inheritance. And he's like, this sucks. It's not money or land. I'm going to die. And the cat's like, no, you're not dude. I got you. And the cat goes off and basically lies to people to convince them that this kid is rich, that he's a marquee. Um, and he continues to lie and make up stories and manipulate until one day, you know, a king is riding down the street and he's like, oh, go get in the river, go in the river and pretend you were robbed. And then he goes and he gets the king and he's like, oh, my master has been robbed. Please help me. And the king is like, yes, of course. And he helps this quote unquote marquee and the marquee meets his daughter and he marries the daughter and now he's rich. And it's all because he inherited a cat. Cats are liars <laughs> in Western culture. Yeah. And like, realistically, cats are if the fox was good. Because a lot of times in fables and fairy tales, you'll see the fox as like manipulating for his own gain, mm-hmm. but you see the cat as manipulating for his master, right? So if the cat likes you, you can stay. And when we start to look at sort of the historicity of all of it, it is very much tied up into a lot of these, I'm going to say stereotypes, but they're not really stereotypes. These... um. Then the next thought that came to me was memes, which is technically correct, the, in the sense that they are mimetic. These symbols that we see throughout Western literature are a lot of the times our problem, right? Women as pure, but also women as evil, mm-hmm. the devil as this. Um, and those 
those ideas, those symbols unquestioned and ununpacked, not unpacked, are what leads you to like, okay, well, I read the Bible and the Bible is true. And I believe everything the Bible said literally. So that's how my worldview is. Because I think, you know, I, I think Puss in Boots does a great job of explaining how cats work. Cats like their masters and sometimes they're nice to other people, but mostly they're just kind of sneaky little shits. Right. And I say that like lovingly with their sneaky little shits. Um, but at the same time, those symbols and metaphors have actively harmed cats. Yeah. Like it's, it starts out as like, oh, this is cheeky and fun and true, but it becomes something that is like, <laughs> ew, low key toxic, you know? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> this whole idea of the cat and the connection to to the witch, the idea that the witch can turn turn into a cat, the fact that black cats can be more stealthy, the, the fact that you just said we have all these stories about you know cats lying, the, and we also go back to the whole idea of does the cat like you, right? Like the dog is going to like you for the most part, a dog <laughs> yeah. is going to like you, okay. The cat is like, maybe I like you, maybe I don't. I don't really care what you think. You're still going to pick up my my poop in my litter yeah. box and you're still going to feed me. So it doesn't really matter. And when you think about witches, witches go against authority, mm-hmm. whether they are actual witches or they're just women who just want to be left alone and don't even yeah. associate as witches. And a lot of times, you know, you want company. I think the level of work you want to put into it right like with a dog there is more work that you have to put yeah. into having a dog and just that you don't want a dog to bite somebody you don't want a dog to attack you don't want a dog to a couple of things you have to take the dog out a lot of times it might just be easier to have a cat plus i mean i've seen snuggly cats it's not like you can't be have a snuggle bug with a cat yeah so if you have women that are kind of different and you maybe you're living on your own and again you have a rat problem so you're going to get a cat it's just going to reinforce those stereotypes that you're going against the grain. Why aren't you married? Why don't you have mm-hmm. children? And then what did you decide to get? You decided to get the one animal that d- is also indifferent to what society wants, right? A dog is meant to well, please. Well, it's also like want to. a woman living by herself with a cat is like also taking ownership. Like, oh, what do you need a cat for? You don't have enough. You don't have enough grain. Why do you have enough grain? Right. You're by yourself. You shouldn't be able to take care of yourself. Where's your man? Right. I think what I would like to talk about really quickly is um, why don't we have cats? Because we're both pretty pro-cat people. Okay. So I wanted a cat when I was young. My mother has tons of little like statues of cats. You want to hear a sad story? I hope she doesn't mind. I know she listens to the podcast every once in a while, but I'm going to tell the story. So she had a cat and she loved this cat a lot. But her mm. brother, my uncle, was the favorite, and he brought a dog to the house. So my grandmother, when my mother was like in school or something, gave away the cat. And my mother, P.S., the it's dog was loving my mother, and this became my mother's dog. But still, mm. that was her cat. Like, how do you do I'm that? So I know. When she told me that story, like, if I really think about it, I want to cry for my mom because she has all these little statues. So she never really got over it. So when she told me the story, I was like, Mom let's get you a little cat, you know? And she was like, no, because, you know, I had my little Chango and she was like, mm-hmm. he comes over. And I've always heard that if you're going to have a dog with a cat, you should like raise them together or something like that. Like, mm-hmm. I think my dog now would be okay with a cat. I'm not hundred percent sure. I think he would be, 
like a little kitten. Um, mm-hmm. But I knew Chango. I mean, Chango barely dealt yeah. with this dog, much less I'm going to yeah. bring a cat into the house. But anyway, so when I moved out, I was just never around. So I never even thought about pets. Yeah. And then I wound up getting Chango. My godfather always has a bunch of animals in the house and his cats have always been the snuggliest cats. My husband now is not a big cat person. I will change his mind. Men, men are the problem. Here's the thing. I know like in my mind, I'm either getting a black cat because they look like bats, like Mm -hmm. little bats. Um, And I also would like either one of those, um, what are they called? Lacoys? They're the feral. Oh, cats. oh, the, yes, the werewolf the, cats. Yes, the werewolf cats. And I would love to have like three: a black cat, a werewolf cat, and a sphinx. You Just would. Because I think they are. They are the scariest looking cats. Agreed. And I just think I'm sorry. I just I love that. I love the idea of like a little sassy cat. So um, for me, it's just been. Do I want more than one animal in the house? No. ideally I don't I like to move around I like to travel I can give my dog it's a tiny dog to one person to take care of when I'm gone or they when it was Chang people would come here you know the idea of having a cat that I have to worry about somebody again having to come in take care of the cat so it's just it's a lot right now but that's why I kind of don't have I just became a dog person but yeah why don't you have a cat so I actually like volunteered at a cat shelter when I was in college I would go it was this woman's house. She just had a lot of cats in her house and it's a little weird, but um, I love cats, right? I think, first of all, I think cats like are really good judges of character because a cat doesn't fuck with you if you don't understand boundaries. So, you know, I love, I just love the idea of like having a cat around and like when somebody comes over to your house, not that I'm like having people over, but when somebody comes over to your house, that's like a temperature gauge, right? Like, oh, is this person cool or not? But I am deathly allergic to cats um I shouldn't say deathly but I'm like very allergic to cats uh and my husband hates cats he's Mm. like what he is one of those people who like fully bought into the stereotypes no cats suck what are you talking about like you literally have never interacted with a cat so stop saying things like that no they're terrible like all right dude okay so I would love to just like bring a cat home one day and be like proven you wrong um but I would not be able to breathe so he wins this round (laughs) My grandmother came to live with us when I was nine and she was really allergic. So that was the reason why when I was a kid, I was told like, no, like first I was told it was too young. And then when she came to live with us, they're like, we can't grandma's allergic. And I was like, is this grandma is mom's mom or dad's mom? Mom's mom. Okay. So did she actually get rid of the cat because the brother was the favorite or did she get rid of the cat? Cause she was allergic to the cat. I don't know. Cause supposedly, I don't know. Cause I was going to say, I think she was allergic to dogs too, but I guess not. I don't know. That's a really good question. Yeah. That's, that's part of the problem also is nobody's parents actually tell you anything yeah right you get like half the story which is how history works we get like half the story and we make the rest with symbols and metaphors and that's how we end up with cats the way that they are in our collective unconscious boom i gotta ask my mom because that's that's true because that's the story she told me but now that you just said that maybe that's why she gave like if she's allergic tell your kid tell your no yeah that's still fucked up it's still fucked up you know yeah like just say i can't breathe i'm going to die we have to get rid of your cat like i don't know um, the last thing that I do want to talk about about Puss in Boots is oh, that yeah. I think that Puss in Boots can be used as an egregore, which is like a spirit that is basically created based on the beliefs of like a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that Puss in Boots, including and 
especially because of Puss in Boots in the Shrek movies, right? I think that you could use Puss in Boots in like spell work um, as a spirit, as an entity. And I don't think I would have thought about that in the way that I did if it hadn't been for Consorting with Spirits and also the book that's going to come out after this, um, which I can say that it's Carl Jung. If, if, I had, yeah. if we hadn't talked about those two things, I don't think I would have thought about it that way. But if Puss in Boots is, in, at least in my opinion, a good representation of the Western idea of cat, like metaphor of cat, there is no reason then why Puss in Boots couldn't be a spirit that you call on for spell work that you might want to like utilize cat energy or or lying, right? If you're doing like a lying spell, Puss in Boots. Absolutely. I'm calling him. I like that. So when I was a kid, my favorite cat thing was a book called Kittens and Mittens. <gasps> That's so cute. Is that one of the golden books? I don't know. It might like be. The spines. <gasps> I oh, see, it. So I think it is. It must be. So my dad bought it for me. We used to go like on walks on Sundays and, mm-hmm. you know, and he got me this book and my mom would read it to me. And I just loved that these, these little kittens had all these oh. different mittens. And then I got into the whole like mitten phase. Like I always wanted to have mittens on instead of gloves because mm-hmm. I wanted to be like the kittens and mittens. There was, I don't think there was any lying there, but now I can't swear to it. And now I have to look for this book. I don't check. think I have it here. I mean, like I have to look for it online. And it, it's not like, you know, it's not a bad thing about cats. Like it's supposed to demonstrate that they're like creative and clever and like can right. get their se- get themselves out of situations, which like, again, is accurate. Like if you've seen a cat, you've seen it get itself out of a bunch of bullshit, just being around it a couple of minutes. Um, the whole like landing on your feet thing that gets you out of a lot of bullshit. Yeah. But if you're part of a culture or a tradition or whatever, where everyone's supposed to rely on everybody and everyone has to follow the same rules, you don't want somebody to see like, Hey, you mean I could just do that on my own. I could just, I'm going to survive this. Like, I don't think you really want that. So again, like I totally see why cats are, are hated. What we are going to do is sort of switch things up a little bit. We are going to include for you guys a little chat that we had with some friends um, because, you know, we're not the only people who are interested in cats and who are passionate about cats. And we wanted to be able to give our community a little bit of a space to talk about their love for our feline friends. So without further ado, two very cool cats are coming on now. (laughs) Oh, shut up. Two very cool cats. Um, So you guys will hear a snippet of our music and then we'll jump right in. What's up, witches, and welcome back. We've got two people that we love so much joining us on the podcast to talk about one of their favorite things and one of our favorite things, even though we don't have any, cats. So welcome, Des and Sal. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, guys. We love to be back. So we've had you guys on the podcast before to talk about necromancy, and we love your makeup, but you also have a cat rescue that you guys work with. And I want you to take a minute and just tell sort of how you got started. Why did you start rescuing cats? Well, we are both animal lovers in general. You know, we love all animals, but you know, cats are like something else, I think for, for both of us. So when we were opening our shop in Rio Piedras, we noticed there was like a huge colony, like right in front of where our shop was being starting, you know? So we were like, 
we got to do something about this. You know, it's we there were a lot of people like feeding the cats, but no one was doing anything about how many they were. And like they were all in the streets. There were a lot of sick ones. So we started uh, I started watching uh, kid and ladies videos on trapping and neutering. And we started like buying uh, the traps and just like trying to catch the cats so we could take them to the clinic and like get them spayed or neutered. Um, and that's how everything started. That was in 2016. 2016. Yeah, 2016. Yeah. And since then, we've seen a like a huge decrease in the colony that's right in front of our shop we started with over 50 cats um and there's now like 10 i would say um in front of our shop like right in front of our shop we do have another colony that we inherited (laughs) with uh our building that colony is like 14 cats and we do have like our eight indoor cats at our home that are also like cats of necromancy because mm-hmm. we rescued them and then decided to keep them. Yeah, to adopt them. Like we would have wanted with each and every single one of the ones that we rescued. Yeah, we but we TNR like more than 150 cats. Yeah. Wow. Like in the past six years by ourselves. Yeah. We also work with another organization of Rio Piedras it's called the Rescadistas of Rio Piedras that's like rescuers of Rio Piedras exactly and combined we've done like more than 500 cats like in Rio Piedras you know combined us with with Rescatistas de Rio Piedras we've done like more than 500 cats like TNRs um, we've found home for so many cats and kittens you know so it's a it's a tough labor of love. <laughs> yeah. For for our uninitiated TNR trap neuter and release. And return, and release. Yeah. Okay. Um and why is that our main method? Like wh- what is the benefit of TNR? Well, with TNR, you get to keep the colony cats or community cats, as many people call them, in their areas where they've grown and where they know as home. Uh, But you get to control that they're not spreading any diseases, that they're not giving birth to more cats. So you get a lot of benefits, you know, they're controlled and they're healthier and they're like fed and they have like a safe place you know hopefully Mm because unfortunately not all like colony cats or community cats are in the safest place but some of them are like so used to that their areas Mm -hmm. and stuff can um kind of like have an issue if you remove all the cats you know, you create like this vacuum effect where you are removing all the cats from their area and all of a sudden you start getting all kinds of plagues like rats and cockroaches and 
all sorts of things that wouldn't be in this area if there were still cats in the area. Mm-hmm. And then other cats come to this area because it's like there's there's no way to really like clean up the streets like mm-hmm. a lot of people think, you know. Um, yeah, we're just trying like to control it. Yeah. Because and give that, and like, give the best life that mm-hmm. you know make sure that they have the best life and the longest and healthiest life that they can have even if they're on the streets yeah like a, a cat can give birth to like what six to nine cats every three months yeah so That's a lot. <laughs> yeah so like in a year they could be like thousands of cats <laughs> yeah because, if, if you have an uncontrolled colony yeah because those, it's like, those six cats that was just born like in five months each one of them can have like six two nine cats mm-hmm. and if you add it up it's gonna be like insanely a month of cats yeah that's i'm bad at math so i'm like blue screening a little bit but that is <laughs> an insane number of cats <clears throat> Yeah, it's not nine though. It's like uh, it's four to six cats. I think I mean, yeah. that's still that's a lot. Still a lot. <laughs> it's still a, a lot of cats, you know. Um, and it's it's a thing that you know. I I always try to preach like TNR, and sometimes I'm like talking to people who don't like cats, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm like, well, TNR is the solution to your problem. It's also the solution to my problem uh, when I love cats and I don't want to see a bunch of cats on the streets. So, you know, it's a solution for everyone uh, to TNR because, you know, you get to have the cats that have been growing in this area uh, and to keep them like safe and like spayed, neutered, vaccinated. So it's healthier for everyone as well because you make sure you get the rabies vaccine. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's part of the TNR usually. Um, so you know, there's a lot to a lot, lot of benefits, benefits to yeah. to TNR. Now that I'm thinking about it, there is there is a colony in the Letchworth. Um, we have this used to be an asylum that is near us. Now there's like a a school building in there. There's a couple of other, like they use it for different stuff, but there is absolutely a colony of cats in there. Um, So that is something that like having this conversation now, I'm like, oh, I can reach out to our local people and see like what they're working on and and possibly help there. You brought up talking to people who don't like cats. What do you guys say to, to people to be like, no, but cats are great. Like what is your cell for cats? I think that cats have a bad rap. There's a lot of talk like cats are uh, evil. Yeah, they're evil. They betray their masters, um, stuff like that. Um, They're not loving. Mm -hmm. Um, I've gotten the cats don't receive you when you walk in your home. That's, you know, that depends so much on your cat. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I have eight cats that are indoor. And they all have like different personalities. And I have the cats that are like lap cats that they want to be like a potato couch with you. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I have other cats that don't like being held that much or they just they'll come to you to get some love and then they'll just mind their own business. Um, But, you know, cats are great for so many reasons. Like cats have like their own personalities. Yeah. Cats have 
so much personality. They're so much fun to watch. Uh, cats are very, very loving, contrary on, you know, what people think. people think. Usually people who don't like cats are people that have never had cats, mm -hmm. or at least that's what I found in my many years of being a cat lover. I agree completely. Uh, yeah, there's so many people like, oh, cats are not like clean. You know, cats are so clean that cats are always grooming themselves. Cats go to a litter box. They do their stuff there. Cats groom each other. They groom each other. They don't like like filth. You know, cats are like very clean. They're so easy to take care of, you know. I mean, they take care of themselves. Like, yeah, pretty much. You know, cats are very independent. Them and clean the litter box. <laughs> yeah, and play with them, and love them, and cuddle them. But you know, I feel like they're very like independent. Oh. I have a dog, and he's like very needy, mm -hmm. and he's always like pushing pushing you with with his nose, and he's like always looking for love. You know, um, cats are like more on their own like they come to you when they want love but they they just you know i'm good now and they go and they do their stuff and they um you know yeah we do have friends that they don't ha don't have cats and they like dislike cats but once they deal with a cat mm -hmm. they fall in love it's like oh my god i didn't knew that cat were so loving and it's like aha uh -huh, that's That's part of the mm -hmm. process. Yeah. There's, I feel like there's people judging cats by cats that are on the streets. Mm -hmm. um, and unfortunately, uh, a cat that lives on the street doesn't receive love, most likely, uh, has to deal with a lot of different situations that put them on stress. Mm -hmm. uh, so they're not, they're probably not the well best done. example of a house cat but if you go to a house that there's a cat there that is loved and fed and it's not 100% of the time under stress you'll probably have like a great time with the cat you know and that's when they start changing their minds and like huh you know cats are actually like cuddly and cute and all of that you know mm-hmm Talking about having people sort of meet cats and be like, oh, I love them now. Um, have you seen your relationship in your community change from when you started Cats of Necromancy to now? Do you find that people are more interested in helping the colony or is there still kind of pushback there? It's yeah, it's like a 50-50. Um, we don't have a lot of uh, businesses or even people living around our shop uh, on, up until recently. Um, last year, a couple of new businesses started, you know, developing their stuff there in, in our street. And fortunately, these are people that we've known for a long time. So we've gotten to have the chat, you know, about the cats and like, hey, there's a lot of cats here. Uh, but we're doing this. You're more than welcome to help. Um, and everyone's very open to it because there's like all these new people that are getting here. Um, 
are nice people in general, mm-hmm. you know, they, even if they're not like fans of cats, they're good with them. You know, mm-hmm. they're like, okay, it's fine that there are cats here. Um, some I mean, of them I'd... are like, oh, uh, it's, I guess it's better than having, you know, rats or, uh-huh. you know, so it's definitely a work in progress. <laughs> I mean, but, there are a few people in the community that they already know that we deal with cats mm-hmm. and they offer help. Yeah. And they're always complimenting us. So that's nice. Mm-hmm. But there are always other people that's like, oh my God, why, why are you feeding them? It's like. Yeah. We've gotten like, why, why do you feed the cats? Like they can find their own mm-hmm. stuff to eat, you know, and like. Yeah, there's not, I feel like there's a issue with compassion in general with animals. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, here in the island, there's a lot of animals on the streets. Like, that's a huge problem here. Whenever we get a visit from, uh, you know, a tourist uh, that maybe, you know, is is like very looking for that, you know, like, There's a lot of people that know that this is an issue. So they come here and they're like, it's true. You know, I see a lot of mm-hmm. cats and dogs on the streets, you know. So I feel like there's an issue with compassion there. So it takes a lot of education mm-hmm. and a lot of talking about the issue and like not abandoning your pets and like taking care of the colonies that are around your house. Like even if Maybe you don't like cats, but like I said before, you know, you're, you're going to be solving a problem, you know, in the long run. Yeah. Uh, cats are going to die of natural causes. You know, if they're on the streets, most likely they last less than a house cat, you know. So you just let them live their life uh, to the fullest and try to control the situation. If you don't like them then spaying and neutering them is like definitely mm-hmm. the best thing you can do. So I want to share with our listeners, if if you haven't seen already, Cats of Necromancy is the Instagram page for your rescue. And you document a lot of the things that you do. And one of the things yeah. that you have is an Amazon wish list. And yeah. obviously we are going to support you and we'd like our followers to support you as well. What are some things that are like the most needed for taking care of a colony like that? Food, food for sure. That's mm-hmm. like the main thing. You know, we spend so much money on food. Uh, you know, cats eat twice a day. We feed them twice a day. We have a pretty big uh, colony right now. Um, and like I, when I said uh, we inherited a colony, mm-hmm. um, right now we're going to be starting a new journey with Cats of Necromancy. Because uh, in June last year, we finally were able to buy the building that Necromancy is, um, you know, has our our headquarters. Uh, We've been in that building for six years Mm -hmm. um, and we were finally able to buy the building from the owner that was um, selling it before someone else came and (laughs) and took us out of it. So when we bought the building, we inherited uh, a colony of 14 plus cats. So we're going to be starting to build like a designated 
patio area for these nice. cats. Um, we want to do shelvings. We want to do like different boxes. boxes for them to like curl up and sleep in mm -hmm. shelter for them. We want to do water fountains for them to have like fresh water mm -hmm. um, and kind of treat that colony as our indoor cats. But, you know, they're not indoors, but they're like in the building and they're going to be kept um, there. We have no intention of, you know, getting rid of those cats in any way. So they were living there before we bought the building. So we want to respect that they own the building before us. Mm -hmm. So we just want to make sure that they have the best uh areas for them so we're gonna be probably looking for donations to make that happen because it's like a very big area that we want to designate uh for them to have like a clean space and like food and everything you know to have like their because we feed them and and deal with them like every day but um they they do have an area, but it's like it has nothing still because mm -hmm. we haven't been able to like build what we want to build for them. So we're going to be looking for maybe some help with like monetary help for for us to be able to build what we want to build there. And we're obviously going to be documenting like the whole process for everyone to see on our Instagram. And, you know, yeah. hopefully it'll done very soon and and it's going to be fun to watch <laughs> and of course as soon as that kicks off we will be posting that as well because you know one I'm excited to see it and two yeah I know a lot of our listeners are going to be as well one of the things we were talking about before we started talking to you guys was the history of like how cats got such a bad rap throughout history and how really it was just a couple of people writing stuff like basically cats have been useful in keeping you know grain grain safe just to make sure like the rats didn't get at them and all this stuff and then as time went on we have like a pope that wrote that the cats are aligned with the devil and then we have a story about how you know cats got nine lives because witches can only get into a cat body nine times and I, I don't know the tenth time they turn into a dog. I don't know what happens, right? <laughs> but nine times and that's it. Are there any stories? Because I can't think of any stories when I was growing up, like about the island and animals. The only thing I know with my family, my family's always had a lot of animals, but their thought was, okay, at night, outside. Like they don't have to be inside. They're animals. Animals go outside. And I, I remember like going to visit my family going, but the dog. And then this one time in my aunt's house, I said, but I want the dog to sleep with me. It was my godfather's dog. And I don't know where he was going. He was like, oh, she'll have fun with the dog, which I did. And then I said, oh, I want to sleep with the dog. And my uncle was like, no, you can't sleep with the dog. So he gave the dog a bath. Okay. I don't know what he put the dog in. It smelled like fabuloso. And I don't know if fabuloso. that's exactly. But the poor oh, dog no. then got diarrhea. Okay. Because he was bit. Yeah, it was bad girl. So he was like traumatized this poor dog and then I felt guilty because it was my fault because I wanted to sleep with the dog so they bathed the dog and yeah. I don't know what so I always knew with my family there was this idea that you can love an animal whether it was a cat or a dog or whatever but almost like at a distance like I love you yeah but you have to be over here now because you can't be over here because you're a dog or you're a cat or something. So um, yeah. are there any stories that you know of like of the island as to why there's like this prejudice against animals like that? 
I, I, I do have to agree with you. That's like 90% of the people here on the island. It's like, no, you know, cats belong outside. Dogs belong outside. There's... They aren't viewed as part of the family. Yeah, they're like, you know, it's a pet, you know. They don't like belong inside. That's very uh, common here. But I do remember my paternal grandmother telling me that cats, all cats had one hair that was the devil's hair. Like you can't be touching a cat because they release the hairs and they always have one hair that belongs to the devil. And like if you touch the cat and that hair comes with you then you have the devil with you basically so i'm covered in in devil hairs yep <laughs> all the time i love it i think that's hysterical it, it makes sense hair. looking at the history the the history <laughs> the history of you know how cats got sort of the reputation that they did because you know we, we were talking about how like oh, well, witches are supposed to have a third nipple and they're going to, you know, breastfeed the devil or they're familiar, which was yeah. regularly a cat. You know, so there's this tie of of the cats and the devil really strongly. Um, is that in general something you still see? Like, are people still sort of like, oh, cats are evil? The, I think there's, it, it's, it's not so much that they're evil, I think, but they're like traicioneros is what they call them. Like traitors. they're traitors, like cats are traitors, you know, like they don't love anyone, you know, so they're traitors. They'll bite you or they're, they'll scratch you for no reason, you know, and that's, that's so not true. <laughs> if they scratch you or they bite you, it's because they're defensive mm -hmm. because they feel threatened or something that you're doing or something that they're feeling about you or about the situation surrounding them. You know, it's not, they're not going to attack you because they're evil or mm -hmm. they're yeah, like vicious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although I do satanic have a story. Cats. I do have a story. <laughs> I think you, when you were saying earlier about like people don't like cats because they don't come up to you. Right. And I was saying earlier to, to Gemini that I feel like that's an insecurity on the part of the human, right? Like, why do you need something to be so subservient to you? Like if you walk in the door, they must run to you. And like, yeah. it, you know, there's something weird there, but I will say this, I was reading something that said a dog knows when you make, when you're laughing at it, like you're making fun of it and they feel some sort of way if you laugh at them. And that got me thinking about cats. So I think one of my friend's cats hit me and I think the reason it hit me <laughs> yeah it just went like that like to my leg and I think it's because it knew that I was making fun of it so he has this sinus condition so when he's coming down the stairs I'm like oh there comes Darth right Darth Vader because you hear the <laughs> you know, there comes the cat right so everybody laughed and then I'm going into the kitchen and it was just standing there and he goes ah, on my leg and I went oh. and I was like and I was like it's like he knew, like, you know. No, they, they know. They, they he know. did. He did. But then I didn't realize he was offended, right? Yeah. Well, I didn't realize that he had, like, I guess, wanted to make peace with me. So he comes, <laughs> I'm like at the dining room table and he comes and he's like literally right in front of me. I didn't notice. So when I go to get up, 
kicked him right in the ass, like by accident. And I just went, what was that? And I looked down and it was, it was him. And I was like, oh my God, Ziggy, I'm, I, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. But after that, he just gave me a look like, all right, we're cool. Like, I got you. I hit you. You kicked me in the ass. All right, that's fine. But, you know, so yeah, I think they know. But, and I think if you're not going to be insecure about it as a human, like, like you said, like, that's kind of interesting to watch, you know, that they have their own thought patterns and likes and dislikes and, you know, it's, it's good. They have like their, they have like their own routine. Like we have cats that when we wake up, they come to the room and they spend like the early hours of the morning with us. And that's have a cat that whenever she goes to the bathroom, she comes in with me, just one of them. That's the one that always like in the morning when I go to the bathroom, she goes right in with me and she watches me and like she's staring at me, super creepy. She gets on my lap. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? we have other cats she has, that yeah, spend the night with us. Like yeah. they have like their own routines. Some of our cats sleep in the living room and some of our cats sleep in our bedroom with us just because they choose to. We don't, uh, how do you say this? Like, we have no, like, boundaries where, to where our cats can or cannot go. You know, they, they just can't go outside. But in terms of the house, they can spend time wherever they want in the house. So, because I know that, I know a lot of people that have cats, but cats don't come into the bedroom. Mm-hmm. Or cats don't go into the kitchen. Um our cats, you know, they're everywhere. You can find a cat like slipping on top of the fridge. Yeah, and, they sleep yeah. with us. They cook with us. They yeah. bathe with us. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, they love coming into the bathroom whenever we're like, if if I'm taking a shower or taking a bath, there's always like a cat around. They love following us around. So cats do love being with their people. Um, so I just think it depends on the cat's personality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they love, yeah, they like being near, not necessarily being touched. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is hard because I always want to, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, it's difficult for me. That's why I have eight because there's usually one available. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like a lot of what we talked about prior and the conversation in general about cats tends to be kind of sad, right? Like people don't like cats. Cats are, have this horrible reputation. Um, What is the happiest story that you have about a rescue or one of the cats that you have? What is like the most heartwarming cat moment? Wow. We we have a lot of actually we have a cool a cool repertoire of uh love stories Mm -hmm. with cats involving us and other people that we know um I can you know I had a friend that had never had a cat and she her daughter came into the house with a little cat and she was like no that's not coming in here like Mm -hmm. that's not happening but her little girl was like so excited that she found this little kitten and the kitten was alone and she wanted to help the kitten. And my friend started like 
texting me like what do I do like how do I take care of a cat I don't like cats like what am I gonna do with this and I started like walking her through this like journey of taking care of the cat to release it later of a kitten yeah Mm -hmm. because it was a like a super like it was like maybe a month old so she started taking care of the cat and she absolutely fell in love with the cat and now she has like four cats and she is like a total cat lady Mm -hmm. so that makes me feel happy because she's kept like adopting cats that she finds in the streets like oh my god look at that kitten and she brings the kitten home and she's like she just made a joke the other day that she was like collecting cats like me Mm -hmm. like oh you have like one of each color you know I don't I I have I have some that are repeated you gotta get more then (laughs) yeah you need more if you don't have all the colors you gotta get them (laughs) yeah so that really that was a really nice turn of events for my friend Mm -hmm. Uh, she's now like a super cat lady and she was one of those people that would say like oh they they don't come to you like why would I have a cat like Mm -hmm. they don't like being touched and all that stuff but she had never had a cat so that changed once she did and with our own cats our first rescue together as a couple we found it was Sal's birthday and I remember getting home and hearing this loud like they were like so loud but like distant Mm -hmm. so and it was night it was very dark it was raining it was rainy and we were like there's a kitten around and like we want to help this kitten we didn't have a a cat back then uh we only had our dog chidio because um that we also rescued uh from the streets and then next day we went looking for the cat And we found her under a tree covered in ants. And she was like so small. She had like days. Like she had a couple of days. She had her ears folded. She had like, I think she had like even like the dry umbilical cord. She was like very, very small. And we brought her home. And we didn't even know what to do. Yeah. She's a feisty one. Yeah. She's one of the feisty, but we. Because she knows she's the queen. Yeah. She's the queen of our hearts. Uh, <laughs> she's like. <"Grr." laughs> so, as you can see, she's very healthy and big now. <laughs> she's like seven, seven years old. Yeah. And, and yeah, we have Ouija, uh, which is our last adopted cat um we rescued her from a massive tnr that we were doing in rio piedras and that was the first like massive tnr with rescatistas de rio piedras um and we were like in this very old it's one of the oldest houses that are still standing in in the area um and this house was filled with like huge cockroaches and filth Mm. and it was like very dirty and terrible and we found this two kittens uh that were like very 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 small and they were so like sick Mm -hmm. they were super sick both eyes Uh, both eyes were like covered with 
all the gross things you can imagine. Um, they had so many infections. And I remember one of our uh, fellow rescuers um, saw that I, I put them both in a kennel because I saw them and I was immediately like, okay, I'm taking them home because I need to mm-hmm. like help the kittens. Um, and I remember like putting the kennel aside to keep like the TNR going. And I hear another rescuer like, oh, those two are going to get like euthanized. euthanized tomorrow. And I was like, no, 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 I'm taking them home. Like mm-hmm. they're not euthanized. And he was like, they're so sick. Like, what are you going to do? They're, they're not going to make it. And I was like, well, I want to try. So I'm going to take them home and we'll see what happens. You know, I'm not going to just euthanize them without giving them a chance. They're so little. And like, I feel like I can do something here. So we took them home. And unfortunately, uh, one of them passed away. She was like very, very delicate. She had like so many issues uh, like cognitive issues. Um, but then Ouija, uh, she just had to have her little eye taken out one mm-hmm. of them, but we were able to save the other one. So she's, uh, turning three years old. Tomorrow. Yeah. Turns three to happy birthday. <laughs> yeah. Like the sweetest, she's super healthy. Uh, she's very loving and she's like the coolest baby girl. So that was awesome too, you know, to think that she almost had been euthanized or something, you know, because if we weren't there, she wouldn't have make it, you know? Uh So that's another. I have a question. So I know some people might say, you know what? You're convincing me. I want to get a cat but I have a dog and they always say, Oh, you shouldn't get them unless you get them together. So they grow up together. Do you think that's true? Or do you think that dogs can cats can get along even if they weren't like kittens and puppies together? I, I think that they absolutely can get along. Um, Unfortunately, there are dogs that tend to be a little aggressive towards cats. Uh, And that's maybe something depending on the way that they grew, you know, if they're like hunters, mm-hmm. uh, naturally, you know, um, we've seen dogs like kill cats for like fun um, because they're like playing with them very aggressively. Uh, we've unfortunately seen that happen. Um, but, you know, I think it depends a lot on how the dog is raised, you know, how, if the dog is an aggressive dog, well, then it, it can be um, it can be difficult because the cats are naturally smaller than dogs. Mm-hmm. I mean, usually. Um, so it, it can be. It depends on how, how you say it. Este, como lo, how introduce you introduce them. them. Yeah. yeah. I feel like introduction is very important. We usually introduce new cats to our dog like slowly Mm -hmm. um we know he's not an aggressive dog and we know that he's used to cats but sometimes cats can get aggressive with a dog because um for example yeah our our dog is like a 55 pound dog so he's a big dog um so sometimes when cats see him for the first time 
he wants to play and he's like very like he loves jumping yeah he's like very energetic so sometimes they'll like get all like (laughs) with him you know and scared and that's natural so you gotta be like on top of how they like interact with with each other like maybe for a couple of weeks just to make sure that they understand what's going on you know that they're going to be living together and that they can be together in peace you know but i've never had uh any tragic story of a person that has an indoor dog and brings a cat to the house you know i've never seen uh, or known of a person that has had any issues you know of violence between cats and dogs but this story is a little different if the dog lives outside Mm -hmm. because usually dogs that spend their lives outside are natural hunters i feel like when they're indoor they kind of lose that a little bit um so i think that has a lot to do but it's definitely something to try out i don't think that if you have a dog you can't have a cat that's that's an urban myth. <laughs> I hear a lot from people who have multiple cats that they have um, different sort of archetypes or stereotypes of cats. So my question here is, which of your cats is like the dumb one with no brain cells? Which of your cats is the elder god who has been trapped in a cat's body? And which of your cats is the mom cat that just takes care of all the other cats? I think I have, Egret has to be like that mom cat. I think she's the most like. Uh, yeah, the, our firstborn. Yeah. <laughs> she's like the queen. She's like the, yeah. she's definitely the alpha. The the matriarch. alpha yeah, the matriarch of the house. Um, and everyone, every other cat like. Respects her. Knows it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, Egret um, has to be the mom cat. Um, I'd say the one with no brain cells is Macabro. <laughs> Macabro and Malevolo, like the two black cats. We have two black cats that are brothers. Man, they are. <laughs> they are dumb cats. Uh, we love them, but they're so silly and dumb, and they like run around the walls and like they do make, parkour. They do parkour. Yeah, those two are like our dumb, <laughs> dumb cats. <laughs> And the elder cat has to be Sauce. Sauce, the chillest, mm-hmm. is the one w- that was introduced first. Yes. <laughs> the potato couch, always like sleeping. And you talk to him and he gives you his belly. Oh. And he's like very. Yeah, yeah. he makes like <laughs> noises. <laughs> he's like a seal, kind of. <laughs> That's <cute>. Yeah. <laughs> but they, they do have like their own gangs mm-hmm. like we have, there's a boy gang yeah the boy gang that they, they all how do i say se llevan bien juntos como que they're like buddies bros <laughs> but the girl gang they're always fighting each other yeah that girls are fighting yeah, yeah. we'd we be like that <laughs> <laughs> my girls are feisty they do get along but they fight more than the boys do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And the boy gang, they're always also grooming the dog. Yeah. 
That's very kind of them. In, in the boy gang, the dog is included. Yeah. In the girl gang, not so much. <laughs> so I think like the worst part of this episode is that there are just a bunch of cats like through a screen and I can't pet or cuddle any of them. Yeah. Like, I, this actually we didn't think through. This was a bad idea and I'm upset now. <laughs> so I think which space has to go to Puerto Rico. Oh, hell yeah. And have an episode there so that we can touch all the cats. Yeah. Oh, this is mean. <laughs> yeah, it's just you guys don't see this, listeners, but you know, they're just petting yeah, cats. And yeah, I have to watch them cats. pet cats. We have no cats. Yeah. I have no cats. cats. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for you guys. <laughs> you should That's be. Sad. Our lives are hard. <laughs> yeah. My the best thing about Sundays is that I get to stay home with my cats. Mm-hmm. That's all I look forward to the whole week. I'm like working and doing stuff. And I'm like, can't wait for it to be Sunday so I can stay home with the cats. Cats rule. (laughs) And that's the perfect segue that you said you work all week because there's another birthday happening soon with Necromancy Cosmetica. You are giving birth to another product. So yes. So talk to us. So you came on once and we talked about Gothic Romance, which was the first eyeshadow yeah. palette that you guys came out with. And, you know, if you guys have, I'm sure everybody listens to us. If you haven't, you have to go on their Instagram and see it's like a little book. And you had mentioned, you had given a hint and you'd said, well, maybe there's going to be a library. And yeah. now <laughs> tell us about the new book. Now there's a new book on the necromancy library. It's called Swamp of Sorrows. Swamp of Sorrows is a very deep and personal collection. Yes, I do have it. Let me show it to you. It's a very deep and personal collection. Swamp of Sorrows is inspired by my battle with depression. It's, you know, been a part of me for like forever and so I wanted to do something beautiful with it and that's a swamp of sorrows it's a very beautiful collection of colors it's going to be eight colors just like a gothic romance they actually go really well together um it has three greens it has three browns and a yellow and a terracotta it has a storyline just like a gothic romance had the shades are called serpents which is the metallic green solitude which is like a dark green very like foresty green enlightenment is a yellow like a sunset yellow and is like a burnt orange like a rusty orange uh ephemeral is a grayish nude which is very cool because it's like, it's a very good version of, it's like a mix of Terra Matter and Naked Witch, I would say. There's Pantano, which is uh, like a mossy green. Pantano, Pantano means swamp. Yeah, Pantano is, is swamp in, in Spanish. Gloom is a metallic brown. It's like a very shimmery shade. It's very beautiful. And Blackthorn is a very dark brown. This art was made also by a local artist. Features like a lady in a swamp. It's Art Nouveau inspired, which I find is one of the most beautiful art styles. 
So yeah, it, it was made by Gerardo Cloquel, which is a local artist. And the first one was also made by a local artist. I think I talked about that on our other episode. That's supposed to be launching. So um, yeah, we'll be launching Swamp of Sorrows on March 4th. So and I'm very excited March about that. 7th. On March 7th, we are turning nine years old, I think. Okay. Eight years old, nine years old. I don't know. <laughs> Necromancy is turning like not eight. Yeah, it's turning eight. We are turning nine. <laughs> yeah. A lot of birthdays. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So many. <laughs> and another thing that I don't know if people have kept up with, but you recently changed your lipstick cases. And yeah. the best part about it is... I never wanted to throw out the boxes. Like I was one of those people that would keep the boxes and I'm like, okay, I'm going to be on hoarders and this is bad because it's an empty box, right? <laughs> like, and now you never have to throw it away because you have the gorgeous little figure of the girl who from the last time we spoke, you told me she's wearing the lipstick of whatever the lipstick is inside that I never picked up on because I'm just, I don't pick up on stuff. So I always thought that was cool. So yeah, so now like you can have the little box with you wherever you go, which I think is great. So if you haven't checked out or if you need to buy lipsticks, uh, yeah, get them all now. Get them all, get all the little boxes, order your Swamp of Sorrows. If you don't have Gothic romance, why don't you? Yeah, you need that. Like <laughs> You all need that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, the lipsticks, we we wanted to make eco-friendlier packaging. You know, we've been thinking about this for a long time. We knew we wanted to stop using so much plastic. I think our goal is to remove plastic entirely, you know, eventually. So this is definitely a step towards that. The packaging is 80% cardboard and then 20% plastic. The only plastic that you have is like the component where the lipstick is on, but the rest is cardboard, which is biodegradable. You know, we thought like, if a lipstick is supposed to last like 12 months, why should the packaging last like 500 years, you know? It was like, you know, do the math. It's so much plastic, you know, we are contributing to this situation, you know, of, of trash. Um, you know, giving you a box and then giving you the plastic tube. So we decided that we wanted to like kind of merge the two packagings together um, because like, uh, like Nori said, you know, you didn't want to throw away the box because it was so pretty. Um, so we were like, we want to keep the box aesthetic, but we don't want to keep the box element so how do we make this happen, you know, without changing the design of the box and mm -hmm. all that? So our brain like came to the solution, which was like, let's make like a tube that's made of cardboard and that is like square. It's easier to like grab to, you know, I feel like we have a lot of customers that have motor skill issues. Mm -hmm. uh, of customers that are uh, reaching uh, ages that need to help hold, like help holding the products better. Um, so we thought, you know, the idea of having a square packaging would also help with that. And I feel like it's, I don't know why I feel like it's more comfortable to grab. Um, 
so yeah, I think we, we are, you know, we keep moving forward with this idea of, of getting away from plastic and more into like eco-friendlier solutions for our products. Awesome. (laughs) I I think it's such a smart transition. You know, I think that as witches on witch space, we talk a lot about like respecting the environment and the way that a lot of these witchcraft religions developed as, you know, trying to respect the environment and be more in touch with the environment and get in touch with the seasons. And so the idea that this makeup brand that we're like obsessed with and we're telling everybody to buy is also really aligned with that is really important to us. And hopefully something that like, you know, kind of nudges people in the right direction. Like, okay, hey, we can do it. You can do it. Let's all take the next step together. Yeah. Hopefully. (laughs) Yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah. (laughs) So is there anything else you want to tell us? Anything else that's coming up? I mean, that's a lot to come up, but I don't know if there's anything else that you want to tell us about necromancy? Well, necromancy entered a new era right now where it's going to soon be a lot more than just makeup. Uh, We have plans to have a place for guests to come visit. So that kind of give you the necromancy experience, you know, kind of beyond makeup, you know, just um, when we get people into our store, when, when visitors come from all around the world to our store, they're always like, this is such like a different experience, you know, to be here in the shop with you guys, like meeting us and like being in our environment and like, there's a very like special feeling when you get to our shop. It's like a very magical experience. Um, and we want to take that to another level. And we are hoping that sometime, maybe by the end of this year or by uh, 2024, we will have Casa Necromancy available for people to come visit from all around the world and stay with us. We also want to incorporate other products to our roaster. Aside from eyeshadows and lipsticks, we do have plans to launch another product that is going to be multi-use. I don't want to say a lot about that because it's still like very in the first uh, steps. We we do plan on selling like single eyeshadows. Oh, yeah. That's going to happen this year, too. We're going to start selling the single eyeshadows for a Gothic Romance and Swamp of Sorrows palettes. So if you're running out of shade, you know you can refill the palette. That's one of the features of our palettes are that they're magnetic. So you can refill the shades that you hit pan on. Um, So we're going to start doing that hopefully by June or July this year. And yeah, we are also working on a lip balm. (laughs) That's uh, something that might come sometime this year too, like some lip care products. Um, Yeah, so we're working on a lot of things. (laughs) So I feel like the next thing you need to work on is just having a database where you just keep my credit card. And when things come out, you just like 
just say, just send me an email saying, okay, we charge you. It's coming. You have to even tell me what it is. Just tell me it's coming. And I go, okay, something new is launched and I just get it. So that's the next step. I love you guys. Thank you so much for being here. You're the best. Thank you guys for inviting me again to your podcast, even though we talk so much. I talk- <laughs> so thank you for giving us a chance to talk to you about our favorite thing in the world, which is cats. Thank you so much, Des and Zal, for coming on the podcast and talking to us, for giving us so many secrets, and for telling us about Cats of Necromancy. We love you guys, and we can't wait to have you back on again in the future. Thank you, of course, to Kano and Moore for our intro and outro music. Thank you to y'all for being amazing listeners. And remember, if you're following the moons, you're following us. Mm-hmm.